You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Comedy Solo Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. Um, we're here at the back table, the famous back table of the Comedy Cellar, with my good friend, Mr. Dan Natterman. Hello. Um, we have, uh, as our guest today, Mr. Tom Thakar. Yes, that's me. Is that how I pronounce it's it? T- it's Thakar, but it doesn't matter. I, it's it's the, actually it's the technically Thakar. Wait, the H is silent? The H is silent. Yeah. Is this, why would you burden yourself with that? Just, get, I've, just drop I screwed the H. up. I don't know. Drop I, the H. Yeah. Why doesn't it matter? I feel like it matters. Eh, it's fine. I, it's fine. I, I should I, have dropped it. I already changed my name, so it's like my name was Tom Brady, and then I took my father's name, so it's like you, it's, you, a, it's a whole pain <laughs> in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. So I, I, yeah, I just didn't drop the H at the time. Now I feel like it's so too blood late. is stocker than water. Anyway, um, so uh, uh, yeah, well, I would, um, I, I know what you mean by saying it doesn't matter because no one can say my name properly. I'm just uh-huh. like, whatever. Yeah, no, uh, Tom, Tom, Tom Takar is a Perfect. New York City-based stand-up comedian. He may be seen performing at the Comedy Cellar. He has an upcoming special for the Comedy Central, and hosts the podcast Stand by Your Band. That's right. Nailed right. it. Well, everybody got a podcast nowadays. And, and uh, Pete, where's Pete Lee? He's not here. He's not here. Yet. Okay. He'll be coming. He'll be, he's and coming Noel later. Kassler is a New York City-based stand-up comedian. A clip of recent set went viral on PeopleMagazine.com. He discussed working on Celebrity Apprentice. Yes, sir. Now this man has balls because he can get sued or something. He can get in trouble for what he said. Absolutely. Now I, I watched this this thing. So I work in live television. I've done that for the last 20 years. I work in TV production in the talent departments, taking care of all the performers. I did six seasons of the Celebrity Apprentice finale. He's a speed freak. He crushes up his uh, Adderall and he sniffs it because he can't read, so he gets really nervous when he has to read cue cards. I'm not kidding, this is true. I had a 24-page NDA, non-disclosure agreement. I didn't know then he was becoming president. Now it's, no way, dumbass, I'm telling you everything I know. (laughs) So he gets nervous and he crushes up these pills. That's why he's sniffing when you see him in debates and when you see him reading. That's why he's tweeting, you know, it's like he's out of his mind. It makes sense if you think about it. Methamphetamine was invented by the Nazis to keep the fighter pilots up all night on bombing runs. Right? So it makes sense that Trump would use it to hate tweet and the self-centered rage at 4 a.m. on the toilet. So he says, he's worked for, for Trump at the Celebrity Apprentice, and he says the following, that Trump is an amphetamine addict. And, well, addict, I don't know if he's the word addict, but he t- takes amphetamines regularly, and that he's, for the Miss Universe contest, he would put his, his fingers in the mouths to check the teeth of these young what? ladies. What, like they're horses? That's like, correct. Or slaves, God he forbid. Would, he would check their teeth. He would line them up on the side of the stage like they were pieces of meat. Now we, wow. We do have to say that uh, although Noel seems like an honest person, and he, uh, we do have to mention that this is uncorroborated uh, assertion. What are you hearing here? We don't have to mention but that. But there's well, recording of it, right? Is that what the, that's what the thing is? No, there's I, a recording of him say, of Noel saying it. Exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm, attention, we're going to drop you right now. I'm <laughs> sharing experiences from my life for the pleasure of audiences and, and, and comedy clubs. And, and so I'm it, not... Trying to make the case in front of you know. So, no, I, I'm just saying, as though, I know it does sound credible. We we don't necessarily know uh, the 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 veracity. Absolutely. 
Okay, well, listen, let's, let's, let's take it step by step. So tell us, what was your position on Celebrity Apprentice? I was a talent coordinator. You're a talent coordinator, yep. starting in what year? Uh, the first year they did it, which was probably 2007 at Radio City Music, or at uh, Rockefeller Center. And that was the year that who won? That was the year that it was between Amarosa and the guy Piers Morgan. Amarosa, oh, she came back as a celebrity after Exactly, being, okay. she was on the regular. I didn't do any of the regular ones. Now, interestingly, do we can do, Piers Morgan is very pro-Trump these days. and has, I believe so. Yeah, he's, yeah. Why are you nodding your head? No. I'm, not, I'm just listening. He, he's, he's written a lot of uh, pro-Trump, or, or Trump, I don't know if it's pro-Trump, not tr pro-Trump's policies necessarily, but seems to be pro-Trump the man. Anyway, so now tell us, what's the first time exactly that you saw Trump Crushing Adderall, and well, how you explain how you, what, what it was? Well, you know, I talk about this stuff. I have to be kind of careful. I'm not. I'm doing this stuff. Nobody listens for comedy. <laughs> All right, right on. The first time I'll tell you about the first time I ever heard about it. I did a VMAs with Trump, in probably '98, '99 at Radio City Music Hall, MTV Music Awards. Now this is before Adderall was kind of uh, uh, ubiquitous. Like, oh yeah, Trump now. used to do blow in the back of limos with the models at VH1 shows in 2000. We couldn't get the limo to pull out of the lane because he'd be in the back with the models doing lines. It's common knowledge. He's been addicted to speed since the '80s. He was addicted to diet pills in the '80s, meth, cocaine. He never well, met a stimulant he didn't like. Well, we didn't allegedly. Elect, we didn't elect him for his. Uh, his health habits. We elected him to build that wall. There. Uh, so exactly. So go ahead. So, so, the, so to finish your story. First time I heard about it was a cop who was assigned to his duty. You know, who a private bodyguard who would come out to clubs here downtown with him. And he was, and and Trump walked by me. This is at the red carpet at the VMAs. And I grew up in New York, so Trump was always this fun kind of character you'd see and laugh at. And that's why I did the show. I took the gig. Just I watched The Apprentice. So and he's I was mid fifties like, at this time. Mid fifties, Trump. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I took the gig just because I, I laughed at the show. I was a fan of the show. You know what I mean? And when I do the comedy, I'm not trying to like take down anybody politically. I'm just talking about my life. I've worked with millions of other people too. It just happened to be he's sign of the flavor of the moment and I thought that was an interesting thing to talk about. Sure is. But uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't imagine it was going to go viral. I did it for 50 people in the basement of Gotham. And how, went, how, many, you know, uh, how many hits did it get? It got 2 million hits in about Two days. What is, is, there, is there a specific definition of viral? Can you not get him off the top? He's telling us the story. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You want to know if your video is viral? <laughs> it went viral. Oh, you're, like my, you're like, my tweet got 50 right, right. faves. Is that viral? This is dead. That, that, that is so I dead. Think, no, you need some Adderall. I, I, I think. Get some diet pills. <laughs> We, well, because I think it's interesting. Viral. Yes, but he's about to. <laughs> and, we, and we'll get to it. But I just was wondering whether viral had any. Pacific definition. I guess that's what it is. You know, I wasn't hip on this stuff either. I didn't even have a Twitter page. And a buddy of mine who's in a big comedy duo in Canada called the Trailer Park Boys saw a set I did in early December. And he was like, hey, this is really funny. You want me to tweet it out? And I was like, sure. And I set up a, a tweeter, Twitter page. See, I'm, I'm 48. I'm not down on this stuff. Wait, so finish the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This oh, is no, 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 no. I want to discuss what viral means. Yeah, well, there you, you know, go. Well, I'll tell no, you what it means. No, no one doesn't see that as interesting. I do, and I would okay. add interesting, further interesting that compared I have to a what? pretty good handle on what is interesting. And now we will continue <laughs> with the discussion of... Now, well, by the way, by the way, way no, 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 it's a good no. time to write in. Podcast at ComedySolar.com. We love getting email. You, you be the judge. Go, go ahead. It's interesting. Go ahead. Am I at the viral story or the Trump story? Oh, the, whatever you think is more interesting. The, the viral was interesting experience because I was new to this whole thing. I set up a Twitter page. I uh, woke up in the morning. You know, my buddy tweeted out, I woke up in the morning, blown up. You know what I mean? I had zero followers when I went to sleep. I had 16,500 the next morning. Everybody was retweeting it. Judd Apto, all these people in Hollywood. 
and then my phone started ringing. Because when I set the page up, I put my cell phone on there. That's oh, how much God. of a... Yeah, right? So it's ringing off the hook. CNN, Time, everybody. New York Times. I've said before, I'm not trying to make the case. That's my, not my job. I didn't go on CNN talking about this stuff. I only talk about this stuff on a comedy podcast or a comedy stage, right? But reporters were literally breaking into my building. I live on the Upper East Side and, like, knocking on my door. Uh-huh. Freaked out my old lady. Well, literally. W- w- what do you know? It became, as I suspected, a pretty interesting anecdote. Right. And, and something worth discussing. Well, what do you know about that? And then we had to go hide up in Westchester. I have a place in northern Westchester. So we had to go hide out for Where a few Westchester? days. Where in Westchester? North Salem. North Salem. I, li- I live in Ardsley. Nice. Let me tell you an interesting story about Ardsley. Did you, I'm kidding. No, well, Ardsley's <laughs> not in. And I didn't come back into town until the comedy cellar. I came to a show downstairs after a few days. Who's I was your like, train did you know, like? Did you know who went to Ardsley schools? <laughs> Who's that? Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, see, oh, yeah, there it is. The, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It and, turned and, out to and be And you know who else? The guy who played, the, the smaller guy that played the lead in Animal House, uh, uh, Pete Riegert. Anyway, so what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Trump, Trump. being a drug addict. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, Trump's yeah. a speed freak. He's a speed freak. He would have... So the first time you're at the VMA Awards. Yep, and, uh, and he just walked past me, and I was with a cop. And the cop was like, oh, you never seen him before? And I said, no. He said, I was on his private detail. We'd be out in clubs all night long. He's hanging out with the models. He's doing blow. I'm like, him? He's like, yep, totally, man. Dude's a poon hound from the first degree. Well, that we knew. Okay, now, yeah, now, now, now stop right there for right. a second. No, so, well, then, no. So I knew to look for it. So I knew to look for it. I'd already been heard about this. Yeah. I'd done yeah. the fashion shows in 2000 yeah. where he wouldn't get out of the lane. Yeah. So then we start doing the tapings. The first season, we did one at the SNL studios. That's where we shot the boardroom was in 8H right there where they film SNL. So I saw... It's probably where I can get in trouble. This is where I became aware of his proclivity towards stimulants when he's forced with reading something off of a page, like a cue card. He gets very nervous if any word has more than three syllables. And he'll be like, I can't read that fucking word. Get that off of there. And he storms off a set. You saw this? Yes. Goes into the bathroom, comes back out, little white chunks fly out of his nose, makeup oh runs over. Oh, my God. Common knowledge. Common he's knowledge. He's probably dyslexic, I would he's imagine. He's definitely dyslexic. Yeah. That's why the smocking and shocking, anything with a CK freaks out his brain. If you look at his Twitter. Oh, don't say CK on this show. I feel like it's going to go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. I love Louie. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so let, me, let me play devil's advocate All here right. for a second. I have a few questions. First of all. Do you regard the fact that he was doing blow with models in the 90s as a, as a knock on him in some way? Nope. And you- I don't even regard it even now. You know what I mean? I don't. That's someone's personal business. As I said, I wasn't saying this stuff because I'm trying to take him down. People can make their own choices. No, but I'm asking you. Like, w- would you be no. surprised to find no. out that Barack Obama did coke in college or something? No, of no. course not. No. I'm sure he did. Yeah. I, I, I wrote managed rock bands. Or you Bill know Clinton. what I mean? Yeah. Right. Coke <laughs> is fine. I, I've been around plenty of coke. I put plenty of stuff up my nose. Right. I feel it a personal thing. I'm not. I'm not saying that even as a character defect. I'm saying it. This is why he's tweeting it for in the now morning. In case you're wondering. Thing. This gets to the reading thing because right. this this always. Sticks in my craw. Now, of course, I can't. If you saw it, you saw it. But the man went to an Ivy League school. Wharton. Last night he did the State of the Union address, right. and I and I paid close attention. He and did he, well, and he read off the, the the thing. Now you can't learn to read in your seventies. So now, but it is. It can be. I've seen good readers not read cue cards well. And one thing I noticed yesterday with Trump was that he doesn't wear glasses. And when you and a man of advanced age, like maybe it's hard for him to see whatever. But but I've always felt that this knock on him as being someone who can't read 
was really like of a ca- like a calumny. Like it just, how could he possibly not be able to read? So go ahead. What's your reaction? To You're that? right. He can read. He can physically read. <laughs> I say it as can a you joke. Stand he's, up for yourself. He's bad at he's bad at reading. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the pressure of reading publicly, yeah. which is hard for a lot yes, of people. Yes, that's right. That's where he gets nervous. So he needs something to make him feel a little stronger in that public thing. When you're reading with three key TV cameras in your face and a bunch of people sitting in front of you, it's a lot harder to do. Yeah. I think he's always had trouble reading. He did go to Wharton, but I'm sure he had some help with his term papers and daddy's money and stuff getting out of there. I got a lot of friends who went to Wharton. I, I he's went not to, a brain surgeon. He's well, not I, a I, went, I went to Wharton, and I can tell you it's astounding how little... How little you can do and still get through it. Now, I don't know what his GPA was, but I did nothing (laughs) for four years. Well, there you go. There you go. And And you're right. You still have to read. Nothing academically and nothing socially for four years. That I believe. And I squeaked by. Okay, well, there you go. We see the man. I've seen the man reading quite often. I've seen him reading. As a matter of fact, on The Apprentice, he read the, the cue cards. And, and you're right. And he can read. I think when a lot of times you hear people talk about he can't read is he's a man who doesn't read. He's yes, not interested in learning. Totally it's thing. not literature. Yeah. You're right. And we should make that distinction. Sure. He can physically read. If you know, you give him instructions, read this and you get out of this locked room, he's going to figure it out. Yeah. But he doesn't sit around and read War and Peace but you, and he but doesn't you, read the newspaper. He doesn't, he doesn't read his briefing book. Bingo. Yes. But so you did say this. he had it's, problems with certain syllables. He does. He's probably dyslexic in a time before it wasn't common, like it wasn't treated and acknowledged. As many people are, you know. I, I have a touch of it, but I'm, but I'm a good reader, which is ironic, but I, I do have a little reversal. Understood. But, but um, yeah, so, okay, so, so he can read. Right. And so next question is Adderall. Right. Now, Adderall, uh, I've tried, have you tried Adderall? I have not. I've tried Adderall. You ever tried Adderall? Yeah, yeah, I've tried Adderall. What, what was your experience on it? I had a good time. I got a lot done. It made yeah, me productive. Yeah. I it did like it kept me up at night. I, I've only done it a couple times. You ever tried it? Done, Dan? Nothing bad. Try, try Adderall. Yeah. No. Okay. So I, so I grew up with a father who was a very um, frenetic, hardworking guy, and he used to take speed. He told me when he was in his thirties because he felt it would it it allowed him to cheat time that he would get a 36 a, um, a, a, a hour yeah. day I used to do the same thing with diet pills I did the same thing in college yeah. I would stay up for 40 hours at a time to that, work and then go to school that he would get he would be able to get a 36 hour day and that he would get a lot done and then at some point he stopped maybe he got older and it was taxing for his body whatever it is yeah so my 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 inclination is not immediately to think that this is the sign of um, something bad in a businessman who's trying to take, uh, trying to keep himself awake like, like that. So, and we hear that Trump is this kind of, he's up in the morning, always working, always working. So, so what do you think about that? Well, it depends on how you define working, okay? He's using it to stay up, but he's staying up all night tweeting in self-centered rages. He's watching Fox News. He's no, my father think- did that. <laughs> he's thinking and talking about himself. And the reason I pointed it out, if you know anything about addiction, people become very belligerent. They become very self-centered. And everything's about them and these aggrievements and resentments they have. You see him stewing in resentment and tweeting at his enemies. That's a sign of addiction. When you're feeding that with more chemicals, it doesn't get better. It gets uglier. That may not necessarily 
be the trait we want in the person leading the free world. Well, it's for someone else to decide, but that's why I'm pointing it out. Yeah. He's not working. He's not sitting there rewriting the tax code on Adderall. Wait, you know, I Trust think you're saying he's addicted or he was saying... He's totally addicted. Well, okay, so, so then he's not taking it to read the cue cards. He's taking it because he's a drug addict. Yeah, he is a drug addict. If you know anything about drug addiction, he's a walking advertisement for it. Okay, but that's different than that's different to right. me than, than taking it for the for the cue cards. Yeah. Well, well that's, yeah. that's where I would see him do it. When you use drugs to get through life, you do them in high-pressure moments. Sure, you know? And then sure. they become, you can't function without it. Anytime you see him giving a speech, he's sniffing. He's sniffing like crazy, yeah, well, and he's uh, drinking Howard water. Dean, Howard Dean accused him of that in the, the right. campaign. Right, that's why he was doing that. Well, when he was going after Hillary and sniffing, he got all jacked up in one of those things. All this, is, a little too all much. this is very interesting, but I don't why, why know. Why wouldn't he take a pill, Adderall? Why does he have to take it? In his, why does he have to because you get a bigger rush when you snort it. You've been doing it forever. Oh, so you think he's just snorting Adderall? You don't think he's doing coke? I th not anymore. I think he's probably yeah. just Adderall. I think he's. I think meth was his preferred drug. You know. Jesus. Well, look, this is all very interesting, no <laughs> doubt. But I don't think, even if the American people were to get clear and convincing evidence that everything you said is true, I don't know that it would make much of a difference. It would make no. difference. I don't think so at well, all. What would make a difference, though? Well, truly, if, like if, I don't know. If what he would wasn't pro-Israel. If if he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he caves on the wall, then that might make a difference. I mean, people people elected him for fairly specific reasons. I don't think it'll make a difference. I don't think it will because Wait, him caving I think on the wall. I think him caving on the wall will not make a difference. I, I think that the people who vote for him will still be like, well, he well, tried. Well, it depends who he's running against. But yeah. but I suppose that if the person he's running against is even weaker on on the border than he is, you know, then, then, then maybe he'd, he'd win despite caving on the wall. But I think people voted for him knowing that he was a vulgar guy, knowing that he was a pervert, knowing that he, you know, he wasn't the most uh, uh, chival chival chivalrous, chivalrous person in the world, but, but they hired him to, or they elected him to do a specific yeah. sort of a job. I'm just hoping a real left-wing person takes over so we can really nail the coffin on free speech in this country and really, like, just double down so we can just, like, cancel people left and right. Well, where, uh, that, would be, that would be terrific. You know, this is, this is what the problem is. Like, yeah, Trump, Trump is, a, is a risky, crazy person. But, boy, the, the only threat you guys in comedy have uh -huh. is not Trump. It, and, and people all over the country who work in offices getting called into HR is this, this fascist political correctness, which is descending, ruining a new person every day. I think it goes both ways now, though. Both to ways. To be honest, as a, as a comedian, I feel if you say something anti-Republican on stage, anti-gun, anti-Trump, it's the same backlash you get. It feels that way. The, the, it's no, from an it, audience perspective. Audiences can, can react however they want. But you're saying getting fired. But I'm saying if, if, you, if, your tweets, I mean, everything. I mean, the, yeah. and, and, you know, the rights, the rights begin to do a little bit too now, like to, like, uh, to, to. They do it to SNL people. Like, yeah. they, they dig too. Yeah, but they're doing it uh, to, to strike back, you know? I don't know. I think that gets hairy. That they do it to strike. I think that they do it just the same way. Yeah. I think that they're like. I think they want the well, same thing. There, just, there's no company that's calling somebody into the boardroom and firing them for tweeting something liberal. You know, there's there's no liberal speakers who are getting protests on campuses. Didn't somebody lose the job for uh, for saying something about Barron Trump? Wasn't that a thing like a while ago? I don't know, but that that's not liberal or conservative. If somebody attacks somebody's kid, they might have lost a job. For well, them. they can certainly be vicious on Twitter. I mean, I was watching a documentary. Um, I forgot the name of the woman, but she, she, she said something. It's an Indian, I believe an Indian woman that, that uh, did a documentary on hate groups, and she had mentioned that, uh, you know, that 
America is a multicultural place, and that it's you know it's 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 uh, too late to 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 restore the the white majority or to to guarantee a white majority. And she got so much uh, hatred on Twitter. People yeah. saying she should die. She should be raped. Heard that she was a shitskin. I mean, they're they're pretty brutal too. Um, you know, many of the people on the right. Uh, I feel like it's the polar people, like the people on the polar opposite sides are going to come. But I think in the no difference what. is is that there's more res- the people that agree? do it on the left have the veneer of respectability. Perhaps there's no comparison. If you read that book, The Coddling of the American Mind, I, I suggest everybody read it by John Hyde right now. It portrays and and Greg Lukianoff, it portrays a snapshot of what's going on in America, uh-huh. which is scares the shit out of anybody who reads it. In terms of, I mean, the the total shutdown on college campuses. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. As a, here, something, something just happened this week, which was astounding. A Christian university canceled a speech by Ben Shapiro. Now, Ben Shapiro is like this, you know, uh, pretty, pretty straightforward conservative yeah, Orthodox yeah. Jewish guy who supports everything that a Christi, Christian university ought to support. And they canceled his speech because they were just too intimidated to have him, even though they agree with his points of view because, yeah. of, because of how uh, but, people... But, Sorry. It's nuts. Go ahead. But you were meant, but specifically in the stand-up comedy context, just to just to focus the discussion, just a wee bit. Yeah. Um, I do agree with Tom Thacker that I feel just as sort of uh, limited. Yeah. In terms of the stuff it, I can say on stage. Tight now, rope, baby. Now, now, we're walking a tightrope, baby. Now, in right terms now. of whether I got fired from a sitcom, well, I don't have that problem right now. But yeah, in terms yeah. of the work that I it's do, which is club work, yes. Especially if I'm doing a corporate gig in, uh, you know, in. in Someplace other than New York. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Indiana, no. you, you and when guys, I go you guys back, are missing it's like the that. point. No, we're not missing the point. We're, we're focusing on. Then you're changing the point. Well, we're focusing on the stand-up comedy context right. no, in terms of how we are uh, no. limited, or, or rather, uh, in terms of the reaction that we get on stage, yeah. which no. is what we do. No, I think I'm it's sorry. too easy on the on the repubs. I don't know. There's never been a time where you could go into a corporate gig. And say pussy, pussy. I mean, there's always corporate gigs are always, and, and you can lose that gig. Yeah. The point is that if you have some joke in your repertoire uh-huh. from 20 years ago that uses the word, the F word for homosexuals, yeah. or, or makes some joke about that alludes to some kind of uh, rape or pedophilia or anything, anything, any kind of absurdist joke, whatever it is, and then you get a, 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 a part in a hit show next week. Yeah. That, that, that threat hanging over your head is not from anybody right wing. It is yeah. from the left, and that is the only threat to your career. I'm not talking uh, about the threat of an audience that might not like your jokes. I'm talking about the culture of canceling well, yeah, yeah. people. Well, what would you say about the Kathy Griffin experience, though? About the, she she heard, the like the Trump thing. Yeah, yeah, and she, she lost everything. She got, she, no, she, she got fired. She was a hero. She got fired from CNN because it's a news network. I guess it, that She was, was untouchable in the business, though, for a long time. But I now mean, she's I talked killing it. She's killing it. Kind of. Is she? Yeah, she is. I talk, just talking to her, she didn't seem she like also, she did. Maybe she's She also, by the way, really stuck up for you, Nell. She, she said did. Yeah, she We've said, known each other a long time. She said I, that. You know, unfortunately, Kathy Griffin, I'm glad that you and her are close, but <laughs> I can't get behind. Uh, I can't get behind Kathy Griffin, but specifically after the Kavanaugh, uh, the, rather the uh, Covington Catholic School situation, where she ranted and raved about how these kids should be doxxed, how they should be outed, how their names should be uh, sc- screamed from the highest rooftop. And I, I don't know that she's apologized for that. I suppose if she's apologized, one could, one could re- reassess that. But as yeah, long as she a- has not apologized for it. 
I cannot get behind Kathy I'm, Griffin. I'm not. By the way, I'm not getting behind one way or another. I'm just bringing Don't up. Don't be a I'm, pussy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not like. See, you're afraid. I'm not afraid. Get I'm not behind. Afraid. I, it's not that I'm getting behind. Like that doxing thing, I didn't know about that. I don't think anybody should be doxed. That's not. That's I don't not think anybody I should in. be doxed. What she did with Trump's head, though. What did What did you think about that? That was. Me? That, no, that, no, I, I didn't give a fuck. That didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I thought that was fine. Me, yeah. I didn't understand. No, no, no. I, there's two things. First of all, I, I didn't think anything wrong. I mean, yeah, I don't understand. No. What? Why was that such a okay, big deal? Listen, listen. It, it, there, I'm older, and there is something disturbing to me about. That level of disrespect towards any president, his head on a thing, you know, it, it bothered When I, I, I told the story before, when I was a kid, my father just hated Nixon. Like, Nixon was the enemy. But one time there was a press conference, and Dan Rather was a little bit disrespectful to Nixon. And my father was like, no, that's not acceptable. You don't talk to the president that way. And he hated Nixon as much as anybody hates Trump today. So, so I still have a little bit of that in me. But other than that, as a comedian, it do whatever she wants, but she has to say she's working for a news network. No, no, no. And the that news was unta- that, untenable. That part, that part I understand. But she got, she lost her job, and she got tremendous backlash, For and then she went, so a lot of people are not sensitive to what that really means to be the object of derision throughout the country. She got a taste of it, and then thought nothing of turning this same experience onto some 16-year-old kids, and that says something about, a, I, what it says about her to me is that being in the public eye and, and getting attention is more important than anything else by triple in her life. I mean, that, that's what it says. That's to my, me. that's my whole point was this is an example of someone doing a leftist thing and getting, and yeah. getting shit for it, getting fired. Yeah. That it's not a statement about pro Kathy Griffin. So what did you guys think of Dan wants to talk about the state? Well, of the I just wanted also, oh. Tom has to go soon. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I just wanted to briefly get to know Tom a little bit because he's a new, um, New, a new guy here yeah, at the. Yeah. But can I say this about getting to know Tom? Just briefly. Yeah. I, I believe that people listening to the show like it just better when we talk about yeah, things yeah, and hearing and hearing and some, some that dopey, dopey stuff about him. About <laughs> well, it's not dopey. I'm fine with that. It's too. not dopey. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ask him. Oh, how was your gig in Indiana? <laughs> okay. I'm not going to. Okay. What tweet did you pull up that I Eagle said? Wit, we got some great stuff out of Eagle Wit. Yeah. Because Tom, it was Remy that was last we talked about asking about his show. It's a it's a little dull. We don't have to do that. No, it wasn't a little dull because we talked about him being Islamic and having an anti-Semitic character, and that was a very interesting it's stuff. Also Rami. And, and Rami. Rami. That's what I said. Remy. Okay. Tom Tacker yes, has a yeah, very yeah. interesting background. Go the ahead. man was abandoned at birth by his father. Yeah, Am I right. correct yeah, in yeah, saying yeah, so? He's true. an Indian man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the rare uh, deadbeat Indian dad kids. I was a mixed race kid in Indiana, so I. it's a very looked down upon thing 30 years ago in Indiana. You're so half Indian and half? I'm half Indian and half white. Just like just like my, my kids, and he and he makes. Is that right? Yeah, and he, it's a rare. It's it's truly a rare type of person um, because I've only ran no, into wait, wait, a wait, few. The, the great Arch Barker is in that category as well. It's I not. Yeah, you don't meet a lot, especially people whose dads weren't in the picture. And, and my own. Well, that that may be true. My own. My first biracial relative that I know of um, is half Indian, half Jewish in this case. But we'll we'll consider that Caucasian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my second cousin, my first cousin twice removed, Avi. Ah. He's half Indian. Yeah, and we accept him. We, we <laughs> 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 I actually only met him once. But but you make a lot of hay 
uh, in your act about that, I guess, that you talk about. Uh, I just think it's a funny thing to talk about. I don't know. Most of my act is, mo- is meant to be funny. See, this, it's is not what <laughs> this is what you did. Yeah. We're about to get strategy. into the story about his father abandoning him. Oh, right, him. right, right, yeah. <laughs> Your father dropped you like a hot potato. And then I got onto his dumb act. Come, let's, let's, let's hear about your father, Ben. Your Indian father. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. born in India. Yes, born in India. He's born in Bombay. And then uh, moved here, doctor in Indiana. Uh, yeah, didn't... Uh, he, now, he, he bailed out. Were you a difficult child? Why did he leave? <laughs> that was the biggest part of it. I, you know, I, your brothers I was and sisters? hungry. Uh, no, I've he, I had one relative through him when I he died a few years ago, and I found out that I had a brother. And in the same, co- they were like, because I was figuring out the same inheritance mother? shit. No, no, different. I my mom just hooked up with him for a little while, and then they had me, and then he wasn't a touring comic, was he? No, no, no. <laughs> so how old were you when he left? Uh, about one and a half, two. Yeah, uh, you have no recollection of him. Zero, zero. Yeah, I have pictures now, but I never met him. I didn't. I didn't have like a real relationship with them. That, that's probably the, the best way to not have a parent in your life. I think so too. But a lot of people, I had an opportunity to meet him as a kid, and I was kind of like, "Fuck him!" Like, I don't really want to have a relationship with this dude who doesn't know me at all. You Do know? you get along with your mother? Of course, I love my mom. Yeah, she's great. Do you feel now? But you are half Indian ethnically. But do you feel any attachment to that culture? Only in that. I don't feel a super close attachment to that culture, but also I don't feel a super close attachment to being white either because as a kid in Indiana, it's like people treat you differently. They thought I was Mexican more than Indian, so I just got treated like Mexican more than Indian. What does that mean? How'd they treat you? Just like I had a job at a grocery store. They made me do like lifting work, more like kind of grunt work more than the if stuff. If, that it was, it was Indi- if you were Indian, if they knew you were Indian, okay. they would have you do um, so, uh, accounting. Okay. So they have you be the doctor at the store. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say what's interesting about that. So, and you could be right. So my best friend growing up, he listens to this show sometimes. Uh, I don't want to say his name, but he's, um, he's, a, he's a medical doctor now. And like his, I said. And his father, his father was the, a surgeon and was the, richest, uh, was the richest guy in our town. And what did he do, summer jobs? He was working at the town park going, I think they used to call it cherry picking or something, which they, yeah. would, they would have to clean up used tampons out of the, out of the <laughs> septic system or something. Like he, this is what he was doing yeah. as his, his job. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, and he was as white as white can be. So I always worry, like, it, there's always this temptation to put uh-huh. two and two together. So are sure, you sure, sure they were treating you like They literally told me they thought I was Mexican. It right, wasn't like a thing I made up. Like, were they going to put you in the front office if they found out if no, they no, thought no, you were no. white? It's just, like, in, inside the store, like, more. there were shifts that we had that it's, like, you're doing bags, you're doing carts or whatever. It was, like, a thing that was spoken to me. It wasn't just, like, made up. So, and okay. also, I wasn't so rich ha- growing up fi- either. Fine. So, yeah, so, yeah. so then, let's, I believe that. So then... What hey Pete, what hey, insight? You? So that means you've gotten a little insight into I hate to use this phrase into white privilege. Sure. So what can you tell us about that? About white privilege. Like, what, what, what's your What's your take on white privilege? Being able to see it kind of like from behind that veil, from both know? sides. Yeah. Uh, it's little things like it's it's very subtle. I don't think it's as uh, out. I don't think it's as big as people make it to be all the time. But I think there are things that. White people don't quite see that I have gotten to see from both sides. Because in New York, like, I get example, treated like white, I right. think. And in Indiana, I didn't. But like, Well, now that you're white, you're going to get fewer responses Pete, to Pete, sell it. We'll talk about that later. Pete Lee, <laughs> Pete Lee just joined us. We're yeah, just yeah, discussing yeah. how Tom Thacker 
is ethnically ambiguous. Takar. Tom sure. Takar is ethnically ambiguous. And people actually think that he's Spanish. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the dating world, like, a lot of people in Indiana couldn't fathom dating a non-white person. Like, it's just an odd thing. Well, it's not natural. Exactly. You know? I mean, it is either. <laughs> I mean, that's why, my, that's why I get why my dad left. It's Pete, like, Pete yeah, Lee is you also got this mixed-race mud. Uh, Pete Lee is also a Midwesterner. Yeah, I'm a Midwesterner, so I, I understand that. My best friend in first grade was Bianca Miller, and she was black. And, uh, and like, my friends were like, what's going on? Like... And my other best friend was Joe Manjaras, but we lived in, like, the poor side of town, and they were my... And not to stereotype, but that's just the truth. Yeah. But, like, all my... Like, they were, like... I had friends that would be, like, why do you hang out with them? I'm, like... Because they live two doors down than me, then they have nicer houses, and, like, they're really cool. And then I got everybody... All the other white kids to, like, be friends with Bianca and Joe. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so I get that. Like, it... It, and people always say, like, racism isn't born, it's learned. But, like, it's learned pretty after birth in a yeah, lot of places. Yeah. And it, uh, it just, like, becomes... I don't it, ever remember not being racist. <laughs> <laughs> but even I don't like, remember learning it. Pete <laughs> Lee, <laughs> hey, this, by the way, is Noel Kasler. He's a comedian. He's also done a lot of work on the production side of the business. And he worked in the, on The Apprentice, and he, and he had some interesting stories about Trumpet that we were discussing earlier. But, oh, yeah. wow. Anyway. And then we got to get to the Miss Universe story, too. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. okay, so, so, so while we're on race, er, did everybody hear the Liam Neeson, the Liam Neeson yeah, story yeah. this week? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I thought Dan, that was did, bullshit. Did you hear it? Yeah. Who I'm familiar to, who, with the story. Who wants to I, run it down to, for the people who haven't Well, apparently Liam Neeson uh, had a female friend that was raped by a black man, and then he used to go to black neighbor. He was so incensed and angry at at the black community, I guess, that he would go to black neighborhoods armed with some sort of like a club, or club or something, hoping that somebody would pick a fight with him and that he could, quote, unquote, beat that black bastard. I thought that he said that he went looking for the guy because he got, like, a general description. No, he's looking for anybody just black. Any, oh, anybody yeah, yeah. black he just start a fight oh, with yeah. him. Well, then can I retract my that's bullshit? Because <laughs> I thought that he was, like, no, looking, he for, the looking guy for the guy. With... Well, okay. anyway, he, he expressed shame that he had these thoughts, and I, I don't believe he ever actually had a violent encounter. But that's what he said. And 35 years ago. 35 Wait, this was 35 years? I thought this was like yesterday. I didn't know that this was like a past thing. You don't read good, Tom. I don't read well. <laughs> it's so, the Indian like part Trump. of my brain. It doesn't. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, and Trump. <laughs> Perhaps if the article was in Farsi. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> is, that, is that not even the language? That's not it. That's that, not is, even that is the language. That is, that's like yeah. Afghanistan. Oh, no, that's that a, that's <laughs> a, you're both wrong. That's a no, it's, it's Persian. It's <laughs> <laughs> No, my buddy's from Afghanistan. He speaks Farsi. No, that's, it, that's not Farsi. That's uh, Urdu, isn't it? Oh, uh, that's true. No, it's not Urdu. It's <laughs> what if I just do a Mexican Urdu, accent? Uh, like, hey, man, that's because you're, <laughs> you're Indian. What are you speaking Afghanistan? But um, I don't know if people are calling for his head or for him to be drummed out of show business, but obviously it's provoked a certain amount of uh, controversy. I didn't know it was 35 years ago. That's uh, that's odd. But like, I thought he just said it in an interview. He, he, he just, just he said just... it, but the incident happened. Oh, so that's the pa thing. Pa that's pa it. Pashto. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he just said it in an confused. interview, though. Yeah. yeah. He just said it, but it happened a long time Why ago. Why even say it? What an odd move. That's I agree with that. Look, That's stupid wow. to do that. But then it also talked Urdu about... Is, Urdu is Pakistan, which is right... You know, the right well, yeah, yeah, they yeah. probably speak it in Afghanistan, too, because right yeah, now. Look, yeah. uh, Liam Neeson has always <laughs> frightened me. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's a bad guy or not. Because you're just, always taking young women, right? <laughs> No. It's the Taken films. Oh, yeah. But, I like But it. I just find him frightening uh, in a general sense. He does see... If I had to do a multiple choice about who went to black neighborhoods looking to, to beat up black people and you gave me a multiple choice, say, A, okay. uh, Gilbert Godfrey... Uh, Forgive me. Go ahead. Go ahead. B, B uh, 
you know, um, Jimmy Kimmel C, uh, Liam Neeson, I would certainly choose C. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think we're all missing the point here. Well, I wasn't making any point, so I'm not <laughs> missing no, a point. No, but I think, the, I think the point is not being made. Therefore well, then it's make, being it, made. make it, make it, make it. Which is that when a man confesses... Thanks, Neeson is scary, that's all. Oh, yeah. When a man confesses uh, something that he knows he's ashamed of, yeah, that he felt 35 years ago and that he did... What's become of us when we turn that against him and don't accept that somebody can ever confess something that they felt or did that they're now ashamed of? He didn't actually hit anybody, whatever. He's, he's, he's unburdening himself of this thing that he's carried with him that he, he knows is wrong. He can't believe it was him. He sought help for it. All of it, you know? But at some point, he was... At, at some point, you know, we're all a product of the marination of our upbringing. You mean Mark Maron? And, yeah, at, yeah, what at, the fuck? and at some point, we, if we're lucky, we, we are able to rise above that. A certain number of inches we're able to break out of. Never entirely. Ne never entirely. You're not going to take somebody who grew up in a, you know, as a fundamentalist uh, Muslim in, in Afghanistan and bring him here, and all of a sudden he's going to be, you know, like some kid was raised here. But, you know, you get some enlightenment. And we don't know Liam Neeson's background, but at some point, this is who he was, and now he's confessing that that's not who I am anymore, and I'm ashamed of who I was, and yet they're calling him to task. Yeah, well, certainly we have to give, And I find it disgusting. We, number one, we do have to give him an A for his defense of, of women, I suppose, on some level, that there's something admirable, perhaps, about the anger that he had. Uh, so if we want to... Yeah, you know, I also that, that's worthy of some admiration. But 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 yes, of course, I agree with Noam that uh, you know we shouldn't be upset or angry at him. I agree with you 100 percent that there should be um, more uh, realistic. Tom just left to do a spot. And, and look at the double standards. Like somebody like Jesse Jackson confessed that when he was younger, he spit in white people's drinks. You know, you know, very similar wow. kind of thing. This is fine. Yeah, he calls Jews Jaimes. Uh, this is fine. You know, well, that wasn't totally fine. He had to apologize. But I'm saying that you know. But but I have to say I think it is fine that if Je if Jesse Jackson said in the, you know is, is as an example of his past that he was embarrassed about you know what are you gonna do like who who the fuck thinks that they're so good yeah That's what kills well, but we'll, me. we'll also have to see what okay. happens with this because I don't think Liam's gonna suffer terrible career consequences though I could be wrong he already, yeah they already he already uh, had an appearance canceled yeah they canceled the screening of his movie which. Wow. Uh, it, it just seemed very unusual because, like you said, um, I think that in our current society, everybody's so bipolar. They're either like, I believe this or I believe that. Like, either it wasn't bad that he did it at all or it's the worst and his whole career should be shut down. But I think that there's an adult point of view in the middle that is reasonable. Like, the word reasonable comes up a lot. And if we're being reasonable, I think we all have to... Uh, we, we also, if, if you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that he went to that neighborhood looking for somebody to beat up. Let's be realistic. If a white guy goes to a black neighborhood alone, like, that physically isn't going to be the result. That's like me being like, I'm going to race NASCAR and win, and I'm not going to do it if I've never done well, it. Well, uh, first of all, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Number one, this is England. So, you know, I don't know uh, if their neighborhoods are quite as rough as ours. He was armed, and he's a big fucking guy. He is a big fucking guy, but he's also... And I think if he was looking to kick somebody's ass, he might well have been able to do it. He's a big a fucking point. actor. You know, that's like being like a big ballet guy. You he know? plays like, a big guy. Like, we don't really know. Yeah, like, like, I'm a pretty big guy, but, like, if... And I am also a black belt in Taekwondo, and if I went to fucking Harlem right now with a stick, I'd get my but, ass but beat. But you wouldn't go to Harlem. 
Yeah. I that's would. the point. That's Liam true. Neeson did it, which means he is a badass on some level. It means he had the balls to do it. It probably just I means that... it's about balls, is it? It probably means he's bipolar. That's probably what it means. I mean, most no, actors are. Or, I don't know. Noel, you say what? So, uh, you know, I've met Liam. He's a nice guy. I took a, a leak next to him at, the, at Radio City one time at the Tony's. He's huge. He's hung like a fucking donkey. You, you I had to peek. You I had no, to. It's Liam Neeson. Stories. It's Liam Neeson. And he's a nice guy. He'd just done the Stephen Collins film, I believe. And uh, he's, I'm from County... My grandparents are from County Cork, Ireland, where, he's, where Stephen Collins is from and where he, he, he filmed that. And uh, he was actually a very nice guy, you know? And he... <laughs> He, um, guy, to, to a guy who was staring at his cock. He well, was, yeah. No, I mean, I wasn't like, <laughs> wow. But I was just like, damn, dude. The, the Irish cliche doesn't hold you with do you. You have a special set of skills. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but, you, uh, you like what you I, see, lad. I agree with what Noam said. You know, like, we have to change as a society. You know, we're all, you know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, man. It was a lot more racist. You know, we've all harbored views that we may not be proud of now. And we're only going to change if we do have a dialogue. And if people say, you know what, I did that and it's wrong. I don't feel the same way now. But I'm admitting what I've done. Nobody is like scot-free in life. You know, when I was a kid in the 80s here in New York, they had, they, the media would talk about the wolf packs. You know, and all these young yeah, black kids that would walk up and down well, the that's subways. What Trump wrote his uh, right, and everybody would get about. scared. You know, and you had Bernie Getz, and you had yeah. all this stuff, and you were sort of like bred to be fear black guys. You know, and you don't do that anymore because we've changed as a society. You know, and then, well, no, <laughs> I, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. You know, late at night, we we'll, we always that breathe that sigh of relief. When we see an Asian coming out, <laughs> now we can but agree it, on. But it used to be so, terrifying. So let me say know? two things. Right. So first of all, just <laughs> in, 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 in CNN, CNN this, this week, it was in regard to the Governor Northam story, but there was a, a great a, example. Um, but there was a long story about this person saying that um, it was an opinion piece. How this is nothing. America is always the, the big shame of America is that it's racist and everybody everybody's past. And it alluded to the story of uh, Hugo Black. Now, Hugo Black was a, a Supreme Court justice, and he famously, when he was younger, had been an active member of the KKK. Jesus. <laughs> and then he later, much later in his life, he became a justice on the Supreme Court, repudiated, completely repudiated his past, and became one of the votes to desegregate the schools. He became a reliable, committed civil rights justice. And when I went to school, this was always told by liberal people as this wonderful tale of redemption. That a man could be, again, a product of who he was in the South growing up, probably in the teens and the, t the 20s. Like, you know, what do you expect from him? And, and then yeah. getting a little bit older, seeing the world differently, rejecting that, and devoting his life actually to, to uh, the, the noble cause of civil rights in some way. But this article now is using Hugo Black as a knock against America. And you see, and, and, and they're redefining all these stories now as not as not as a, as as nice stories of triumphs of good over evil and, and American stories, but as evidence of how bad America is. And mm. this is this is a bottomless pit. This is a bottomless pit where, where you don't even care if somebody's a good person as an adult. We just care about what they once were. And yeah. it's, again, you know, the left-right thing. This is not coming, in my opinion, from the right. But I reject it if it came from the right or the left. But it's, it scares the shit. It's disgusting. And, you know, so, and, well, anyway, so that's, that's what I want. Oh, so the other thing I wanted to say is that um, there's this Jimmy Breslin documentary now. I alluded to it to Perry L last week. And 
It's about Jimmy, Jim Rosen and Pete Hamill on HBO. Everybody should watch it. It's fantastic. And in it, Pete Hamill says something that was apparently the position of a Spanish philosopher. He says, everybody has three lives. You probably all heard this. I'd never heard it before. The public, the private, and the secret. The public is public. The private is by in invitation only. And the secret is none of anybody's fucking business. Yeah. That's how he puts it. And everybody. And I, and I thought that was right. Everybody has the secret. Everybody. And the people are walking around pretending, no, no, I don't have a secret. Just, I just found out about yours, and I want your life over. And it's bullshit, and it's hypocritical. And we're intimidated to stand up against it. That's the bottom line. You're right. I mean, you're, right. you're absolutely right. I, I just saw Chappelle on stage at the store uh, two nights ago. That's the comedy store for the uninitiated. Remember, not everybody's a comic. The comedy store uh, in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, in West Hollywood, um, on the Sunset Strip. But, Although it uh, seems like everybody's a comic. Uh, it does kind of. But he was talking about, you know, he's like, my career's over because he goes, I'm not perfect. He's like, I know, I know that I have things that you know, that, that will happen or whatever people will frown upon or it will be like a minor infraction that will be blown up. And he's like, just, just, I'm sailing off into the sunset. I'm realizing now that like somebody's going to take me down. And, uh, it's weird because, you know, the general sense of the room was like, yeah, wow, you have to be perfect. Like, well, I'm going to say it right now before it comes out and come with me. I stole a copy of Love in the Time of Cholera from a bookstore, <laughs> and I've mentioned this before, uh, in the late 80s, or early 90s, I'm not sure which. Yeah, my best friend and Bianca Miller, I didn't call her back once, so maybe I can be taken down. Yeah, you probably don't even have, you, you have a very secret life, but it's not the one I'm alluding to. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we know, your, your secret life is not very much of a secret to me. By the way, I didn't love, I didn't love, the, I didn't love the book. Your secret life is pretty obvious. Ever, I didn't love Love in the Time. Periel, you say what? I think is Periel officially, by the way, a co-host? Or, or no, just... she just she bogarted her way onto a microphone. Go ahead. <laughs> I can leave. It'll be much less interesting. Well, we could have guys. a... It's good to have a female voice. I always yes, say. Exactly. I, I, I'm super happy to be your token female voice. The thing about Liam Neeson is I actually agree with you, Noam. Like, I do think that that's a really dangerous thing to say. And I think it was a little bit tone deaf and not that smart of a thing for him to say. Even tone deaf or not smart? It was not It was not smart. Both, because the climate that we live in is one that, like, his premiere or whatever it was just got canceled. Like, it was kind of a stupid thing to admit, given Stupid, but tone deaf, tone deaf to me means something different, but go okay, ahead. Okay, well, mm -hmm. not to argue well, he was Somebody called him a hero, I think. Well, but, but I do think it's important to note that part of, you know, what you always talk about is how important context is, and what one of the articles that I read about Liam Neeson is that he said that this movie that he's doing is about revenge. And so he was trying to tell a story oh, that's right. yeah, that about an experience that he had. Where he felt like revenge. Where he felt like getting revenge. And I mean, I think that what he did was, I think everybody, including him, thinks that what he did was horrible, right? Like, I don't think anybody's trying to excuse... Of course, you're looking for an, in an innocent person because of the same color as the person who just... It was psychotic. Not completely yeah. innocent. I mean, he was saying he was hoping somebody would start shit with him. So he wasn't looking for... It's a, it's a, it's a no, slight no. distinction, but a distinction that... Uh, yeah, that yeah. That's, that's the George Zimmerman distinction, but yeah. go ahead. He's the guy who who, who found yeah. Trayvon Martin was hoping that he was hoping somebody would start shit with him, and it turns out it was Trayvon, Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin if just turned if, twenty four. If, if, he he, if he was truly looking just to beat up anybody, he could have certainly done so. So I, I mean, 
I'm not saying right, whatever. that excuses it. I'm saying it is a I distinction no, worth mentioning. Sa- nobody's saying any. There's nothing that excuses it, but that's not the point. And this is also the same week that the New York the New York Times ran an article saying that Mary Poppins was racist because they had soot on their face while they were singing Chim Chimmery. Oh my well, god! Look, that's the opinion of one guy that wrote an article. No, have, yes, it's the opinion of one guy. But the when the New York Times runs it, it has a stamp of of, of credibility to it, at least. That you know, the New York Times is not an unedited open forum. You're and right. I mean, the, did you see the article last week where um, millennials were watching Seinfeld because they had never really seen it, and then they're like, "Oh, this is problematic. Yeah. Everything is problematic." And like, but like anything can be problematic if you add a layer of inference to it. Right. You know, if if you go, well, if if they meant this by it, then that's bad. But if they were kidding, you know, which is a comedy show, then it's not. And I think no. that that's... It's, uh, it's impossible. I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's just... Go ahead, finish. No, but to, to speak to your point about the, you know, the three different lives that we lead, I think that Liam Neeson needs to know that uh, Robin Roberts on Good Morning America isn't his therapist. There are certain things... The, Agreed. The, of the secret right. variety that you admit to your therapist... And then you talk to your PR person, exactly. and then your PR person <laughs> okay, goes, right. goes, "Exactly, his publicist let but him down." Can, yeah. Not yeah. a great idea. I don't, I don't agree with you guys. I mean, what, what, what you're what you're doing is saying what you would say to him in terms of uh, ex- uh, explaining to him how he didn't do what was in his own best interest. Yes. Yeah, of course. But but I'm not going to criticize. I might even admire a guy for not caring about what's in his own best interest and saying what he thought was helpful for people to hear. So. No, I, I can't. I can't criticize him for that in terms of as a member of the public. I can tell him yeah. privately that was, you know, Liam, that was a dumb thing to say, but I wouldn't but, criticize but, him. But for was it? Well, it was dumb, as you said, in terms of his own self-interest. Yes. One might argue that it was something that which, that should be said yeah, and think, provokes I, a discussion. I think it is something that should be said because it, it shows how people are human. Yeah. Uh, you know. It, I mean, what, I raise kids. I would want my kids to hear these stories. I would, would want them to understand. I don't want them to become a bunch of self-righteous, you know, pricks who just judging everybody, thinks that they're so good, you know? Let them understand what it means to be human. I mean, if you look, turn on the news and see all the sadistic bloodshed going on all over the world, don't you know our nature is the same as these people in other parts of the world? Who do we think we are? We're the same species. We have a system which controls us and brings out the better angels of our nature, whatever it is, and, and keeps us in line. And, and we, but but we, think we're, we think we're not them. When you see them chopping off each other's hands in Africa, oh, well, we wouldn't. Of course we would. You're just lucky enough to not be born there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not only that we would, it's that we do in various forms, right? right, Like, Well, we do. We have that here, too. Look at what's going on in the prison in Brooklyn right now where there's no heat. Like, that's torture, right? Yes. I I don't even know what you're talking about, but but I know you're always going to want to bring it back to bashing America somehow, and that's fine. (laughs) But I was making a point about about the human race, which is that... I was agreeing with you. We all carry the same nature, and that we should not be shocked and, 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 and... and censor, well, make force right. somebody to self-censor when they want to admit that they're human, that they have the same bad urges that we all try to suppress. I have a, I have a really great reality show idea, yeah. Yeah. and it would be that you take the wokest of the woke people, and then you make them do that, uh, that psych experiment. You remember, like, the guards versus the 
Uh, Milgram. For, Milgram. Oh, no, that's not Milgram. Which one? Yeah, I forget what it was called, but it was like it was basically Were they like, shocking people. No, it was like no. Nazi guards versus concentration camp people, and they made people. You know just, which side I'm on? Uh huh. Yeah, wait, what? wait, what? <laughs> you know which side I take? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but like they they basically made people. Uh, like they just put them in a room and they were like, "You're the guards. You're the you're the prisoners." And people started to carry on those roles, and and it's like they've done this experiment this experiment over and over and over again, and they found that when they put people in a position of power, they always abuse it. So it'd be kind of funny to see people that are holier than thou and well, so woke and I so. I think righteous. we saw really that true. with the Covington Catholics on some level with the Covington Catholic kids, where people were tweeting the most horrible things about them. I mean, Kathy Griffins was relatively mild compared to what people were saying they had a, he had a punchable face. This is a 16-year-old. That's Reza Aslan, who, who's been on this show, said he had a punchable face. This guy presents himself, as I, I described it as human 2.0. Like, you know, just like, just above it all. Just spiritual and, and, and so thoughtful. And immediately he sees a 16-year-old, yeah, you should have a punchable face. Like, dude. Yeah. What the fuck? You're carrying all that hate. Right. You're carrying all that hate. And this is the thing. We all carry meanness and hate and whatever it is in our gut. And but the, the most dangerous thing to do is to tell somebody now you have a, a righteous reason to use it. Yeah. You you want it, so we hate bullies, but it's not a bully if you're if you're doing it in a good cause. And that's how we have right. murder in communist country. That's how all these great revolutions turn into bloodbaths. Yeah. Because absolutely. all that true humanity comes out when you can pretend that it's in the in a good cause. You touch you just touch on the a really great thing. I. I had a show at the University of Iowa, or not University, it was a university in Iowa, and uh, these two girls came up to me and they confronted me after the show, and they go, we didn't like your joke about domestic violence. And I was like, what, what, like, you, did you see a different show? And uh, the girl said to me, she goes, yeah, you had a joke about choking women. And I go, no, I had a joke where I say, I'm such a wuss, like, even if I was strangling one of you, you'd be like, oh, your hands are so soft, like death tickles. It's a joke that I've done on The Tonight Show. It's a joke that I've done on TV in other places. It's There's no gender pronoun. I'm not choking women. And I also record all my sets at college shows, and then I also keep my recorder going, so I'm recording every interaction with a student. Smart. So I woke up the next day, and on Twitter, they had gotten several feminist blogs that were like, hey, women are saying this. We believe women. I think that that's the right thing for them to do. But in this case, they were lying, and they created multiple Twitter accounts that said that they were giving accounts of this thing happening. Um, That's so fucked What was yeah. I saying about the it left was, and, and threat to comedians? Exactly what yeah, I was just saying before you came. It was, it was so fucked. And, and I, uh, you know, so I reached out to a few of my friends that are a little bit more famous, and I was like, can you put out this audio recording? Cause, like, and I, I cut it Artie up. Fuqua? It was Artie Fuqua. It was, it was an Artie <laughs> O. Yeah. A little more famous. Yeah, he was wearing a suit in the morning when he sent it out. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, like, so um, they tweeted at these blogs to get their attention and whatnot. And I got I got responses back saying, oh, my God, this is totally crazy. And then I also did a little bit of research, and I, re I contacted Twitter. Twitter reached out to me, and they're like, yeah, all these accounts are umbrella accounts for them. That's insane. And so, like, we got to the bottom of it within, like, three hours. Like, like they were caught, and then they were banned from Twitter. And, uh, you know, and, and, like, but in a lot of cases... You dodged a bullet. I dodged the bullet, and but in a lot of cases, people don't have that, where they don't have the recording, they don't have the proof, they don't have the immediate thing. And when I was talking to them after the show, I was like, I was like, you're a bully for a just cause. My mom was very involved in the feminist movement when I was a little kid, 
And she even warned me. She's like, watch out for people that are bullies for just causes. Yeah, yeah. That they, they, are, they have so much anger, but they're like, I'm on the right side of this. And if I unleash my anger on you right now, like, like it's... I'm it, good. That's I'm a, good. I'm a good person for punching you in the nose, and that's dangerous. Yeah, well, the extreme, the extreme I saw, I talked about it too many times, but the extreme I had is that when Louie made the Parkland joke, mm-hmm. I got a kind of threat against my kids. That's insane. Yeah, like I saw your kids on Facebook. They're really beautiful. Well, uh, how about those Parkland kids? They're, they're beautiful, too, or something. Like, whoa, I'm a stranger. <laughs> and this guy thinks he's good. Yeah. Right. Like, Louie, CK made a joke, not even in my club. And, and this is, you know, in his mind... Now, now, this guy is obviously a mean, nasty fuck, right? Yeah. But now he's able to let it out because it's goodness. Yeah, he probably he probably hit send on that and was like, I'm good. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I did something good today and that this evil man that owns the comedy cellar, I sent him some vitriol. Okay, before we're going to end with this Trump uh, sticking well, his they, finger well, out. Let Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett, the... Uh, the what, you, you, you know this case? Jesse, the guy, Jesse. Jesse, Jesse Smollett. Have you I seen do. his penis? I've worked with him. We did a tribute to Lady Gaga a couple uh-huh. years ago for Billboard magazine. Very nice guy. Very Did you pee next guy. to him? I didn't see. I, he's a, I'm not going to pee next to him. I already, I already know the answer. I, I know, you know I what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, of course we know the answer. He's half Jewish, though. Oh, that's so true. Funny. There was, that's true. There was all these. It was all these. This is really true. Hopefully, these, that, hopefully the bottom half is. Uh, wait, there were all these headlines. Black. Black gay man uh, attacked by the Jerusalem Post says half Jewish black gay man attacked. This awesome. is really true. Look it up. The Jerusalem. <laughs> They're claiming him. <laughs> They're claiming him. It's, so, it's like that Chappelle sketch. It was almost like the Onion. Right. <laughs> the, the Jerusalem Post is Jewish. But um, listen, uh, I think. Well, I don't. I don't. Does anybody want to call it hoax? Not hoax. I, well, it looks it looks to be that way. But, but I'd never want to definitively say because I Put don't want to be proven wrong. Put a percentage but, on it. Give us ninety percent, ninety ten hoax. I don't think it's a hoax. What what percentage? I don't know, but I don't think. No, it's no, no, a no, hoax. no, no, no. I can't. Fifty, fifty, sixty, uh, no, forty. I'm, I mean, how sure are you? I'm. I don't think it's a hoax. I understand that. I don't have a number. Oh, come on. He's cheated. Come on now. That's 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 wimping out. Is it? Yeah, because the next week you can say, well, I, I only I just suspected it probably. No, I, wasn't I mean, sure. I don't feel like I have enough information. Given the information you have, and there's a gun to your head saying you need yeah. to give well, us like the percentage. I'm not, not going to get you, bullied into on, giving you guys when a you, number. When you bet on a football game with odds, do you have enough information? Do I look information? like I fucking bet on football games? All right, all right, next. You know what? Turn over mic. Go ahead. What, what, what do you think? What, I, uh, I mean, I read one article about it, but um, the language within the article... Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm going to go 50-50 on it, and um, it might be more than that, but... The if it is real, whoever spun it did it in a way where they added details in that felt like they weren't realistic. You know, um, uh, so you're like, saying partial hoax. Well, I mean, the the thing that they said to him when they were beating, like like the, the they were mar- they were wearing Not mega cats, but they said they said you, this is mag- it's mega country. country. Yeah, but yeah. then they also said like like you're that blank from the show Empire, and it's like any Trump supporter isn't like. Like familiar with Empire. I watch it. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, That's a good point. I don't know. Just, it could be that they that they know him because he was on Twitter talking about Trump and they specifically targeted him. But okay, let, it, no, but there's no. problems with that also. No, anyway. call it. Well, they Hoax do film the show in Chicago, and Hoax he did end up in a host, hospital bed. You know, and the cops investigated it. Right? He was in the hospital. No, right? he was in the hospital, but but he, he it turns out in the end he only had a bruised rib, and he didn't stay in the hospital. 
And yeah, well, go ahead. I don't want to. Well, racism is real. We know that. Yes. Fuck it. I'm maybe getting, it, I'm maybe... asking for odds on racism. Is this? Is this? A, is this it a smelled hoax? fishy to me, to be honest, when I heard but about it. But you want to put a number on it? Uh. Oh fuck. Sixty forty. Sixty forty hoax. Sixty forty hoax. Can I say one more thing though? Sure. I think it's awesome that we're having this conversation. You know, and it's like we said, the secret lives. Everybody's got the browser history they don't want you to see. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think Liam saying. Not my wife, but go ahead. <laughs> Liam saying what he he said is sort of having the courage to have this dialogue now when we're polarized more than ever. We need to be talking about this stuff. And like you talk about woke. You know, the biggest spiritual hymn we have in this country is Amazing Grace. You know, that's sung in every, you know, every church, and it's about redemption. It's that's about right. changing and finding Preach, a, a, right. a, you know, a spiritual way to live. That that's was right. written by a slave ship captain. You know, he had a cargo of human beings underneath him as he's steering this ship across the ocean. That I did not know. That's a true story. That I did not and know. He, the words were written by I think. The, I think the melody is just some old... Irving Berlin. Traditional spirit. Right, but the lyrics, you know, I, I once was lost and now I'm found. He was talking about, like, shit, I'm living the wrong way. Right. You know what I mean? This is the way that everyone's lived before me. This is the job I inherited. I'm running these slaves across the ocean, and maybe this isn't the way to go. That guy changed. You know, that song represents change, and we only get changed by dialogue. If he hadn't written that song and people didn't start singing it, they wouldn't start making their own changes, you know? So, it's a magnificent melody. It's a magnificent it's song. A, it's a great song. And oh. Noam, you haven't given your percentage. Oh, so I, you know what? Okay, so let, let me preface by saying that uh, I think I think Pete is right that if if what I'm about to say turns out to be false, it will be because the information I'm basing on it turned out to be false. Yeah, as they say, garbage in, garbage out. But the the, the facts that we have, I would say 95.5 hoax, maybe even 98 too, because these are the facts that we have that this man was mugged. For 60 seconds or less, <laughs> in the only blind spot on his whole route, between the cameras that he didn't know were there, mm -hmm. while on a telephone call with his manager that neither side will document, while holding a Subway sandwich, <laughs> which he continued to hold 60 seconds later after defending, in his words, the fuck out of himself. <laughs> Now, that is not a true story. I will go 100 to nothing. That is not a true story. Now, maybe there's... We've seen too many times already that the media can get it wrong. So maybe, maybe the facts are not... And the police have yet to... The, the police are kind of acting like they don't believe it. It seems to me between the lines. But having said that, if those are the facts, I will say 98 to 2, it didn't happen. I will be wrong if those actually are the facts and it did happen. Then I'll say it. But if the facts are totally yeah. different, then I think we're all off the hook because we're only basing our guess on what we know. If, the, if the, what we know is not true, then can't blame anybody for getting it wrong. You're right. And if those facts are true, how good are Subway sandwiches? That he was like, <laughs> I'm going to hold we're, on to this. They're worth dying fight. for. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, come on. They, they, you know, they, they, they tracked him down the entire They have him on video the entire route. Yeah. Except for 60 seconds. And that's the 60 seconds, apparently, that he had to have been mugged in. And don't forget, in that city, he also has to travel from point A to point B in that 60 seconds while being mugged, while defending himself, while on the phone. Yeah. If, if I told my wife, no, 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 I was with Pete. Uh, we were talking. I it couldn't, and she said, "Well, let me see your phone." I'm like, "No, I can't show you my phone." So she's like, "Forget it. I'm yeah. sleeping in a yeah. hotel." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, another, no, it's going to be 100 zero. She doesn't believe me. I have a follow-up yeah. question that you might find interesting, and you yeah. probably don't want to answer it. All right, we know what, what everybody thinks about it, whether it's a hoax. What would you want it to be? 
Do you want it to be a hoax or do you want it to be real? And I suspect most people in America have a, have a desire one way or the other. So I, I, I don't know if anybody actually wants to answer that. But I do suspect everybody wants their narrative confirmed. Well, you know, because I, because I stake my reputation 98 to 2 on it, then of course I want it to be a hoax because I don't want to be wrong. Um, I, and I do like to uh, see... I like every time in either direction that the, the press gets upended for their, you know, their, 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 yeah. cri- I said there's a crisis of credulousness, and just you know every story is evaporating in 24 hours. They just jump on things because of this this toxic pay-per-view cult, pay-per-click, this toxic pay-per-click culture that we have. That's a good title for your autobiography. A crisis of credulousness. But Noam, do you also feel that because this story paints America as racist and, and indeed racism exists, you'd rather it not be true because you don't want to see America once again in a racist light or portrayed that way or presented that way? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, when, when, I, when I heard the JCC bombing scare that was going on, all of, I said on this show I thought it was a hoax, and that was against Jews. So it's, it's not a racial thing that I, that I wanted. I mean, I just call it like I see it, really. I, I, but, I, but I like to see phonies upended and the people who are going around pretending that, no, no, there, there's no reason to suspect that this is a hoax. I said, like, come on, you, you deserve it. You deserve that it should be a hoax because no reasonable person could look at this and not say, wait a second, there's something fishy here. How often do you smell a stench of fish and it turns out, no, there's no fish here. Yeah. I mean, usually there's fish. Yeah, your, your bullshit meter goes off. I, I, the, the media is so reactionary and I think that it's because, you know, Twitter really is, um, I heard this somewhere else, this is in mind, but like, Twitter really is every journalist supervising editor at this point, where they 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 see stuff blow up on Twitter and they're like, well, we have to write on this. And right. um, that job used to be uh, that used to be the job of a rational human being that went, what do you think? Right. Or I think this is what we should report on that's important. And um, and yeah, that's why they, everything goes out. It goes out fast. It goes out wrong, and then it blows up. But the problem is that only half of the people hear the reality of it afterwards. And the rest of the people just assume that the real the, the and, thing happened. And nobody cares, right? Like well, nobody's like yeah. sitting around to figure out like what actually well, happened. They've moved on care. to the next thing no, to I, be scandalized I think about. That's, I think that's not. I mean, that gets said a lot, but I think it's not quite true. I think everybody actually really does care mm-hmm. that things are becoming so unreliable. But the fact is, they make all their money from the headline. And quite often the headline it doesn't even reflect the story. I don't know if you've noticed that. You know, they'll, they'll use adjectives in the headline, chilling details, and there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, whether it's right or it's wrong, they make all the money in the headline. And I suppose in the old days, if a, if a newspaper lost its credibility, they would see a dollar and cents. Would people stop buying it maybe on the counter yeah. in some way? But I don't believe there. Nobody's gonna say I'm. I'm not clicking on it. You'll still click on it. It doesn't cost you anything to click on it. Yeah. And the click is the money. I don't know. I think a lot of people get their news from very questionable sources. You do. No, I don't. People are getting their news from Facebook and okay. thinking that like they're actually getting news. Okay. Noel has. Noel's gonna tell us a story about Donald Trump. Yes, and the teeth. 
We're going back to Well, oh, okay. he already alluded to it, but we I want to more so the, the beauty Trump. pageants, yes, right? Beauty pageant. In the 90s. Okay, so Miss Teen Universe. That's a good idea, Miss, right? Miss Teen Universe. Miss Teen Universe. That's a great idea. <laughs> giving Donald Trump a beauty pageant, well, right? Damn. It's like giving Jeffrey Dahmer a cooking show. You know? <laughs> so he'd line up these girls on the side of the stage. And we literally, he started doing it kind of ad hoc. It was an improv, you know. How hey, old are these girls? Miss Teen Universe, I mean, 19 17, or 17, 18, 17, 19, okay. you know? I don't remember that specifically, no, but curious, they're, they're yeah. girls, because the, the, the Miss Universe, they're like 19 and 20, so these are younger girls. Okay. And he would just like do this inspection of them to the point that we had to put a stop down in the production schedule. You know, a live shoot, you have a production schedule, 9 a.m., ESU, 10 a.m. cameras, all this stuff. It's very expensive, so the day's regimented. He literally took so much time that they put an hour block in the production schedule. Trump inspects the contestants. Jesus and everybody Christ. would stand around. The women would stand around, the script supervisors, and he would line them up and march up and down. And he'd look at their teeth like they were horses. He'd stick those little doll fingers in his mouth, their mouths. He'd look at them. He'd look at their asses, look them up and down. Well, what was the purpose of this inspection? Because he's looking for the ones that look like Ivanka. That was, that's what he wants. So he'd be like, you, you, and you. If you, wait, want, wait, if you want to win, come into the penthouse suite. Now you, you alleged wait, that Ivanka your... was a little girl then. Have you seen pictures of Ivanka as a little girl and how he dressed her up? Because I got one on my cell phone right now that'll make your <laughs> fucking <laughs> I, I'd like blood to see it. I, I... You, you made that allegation in your stand-up set where you said he said to the girls, if He's you want obsessed. to win. Yeah. So you said he said, if you want to win, come to my room. Yep. Now, you said that in your stand-up set. Come is that see a me. True, Alec, is that, a, is that what you heard is to the it, best of your funny. knowledge and belief? It's funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it wasn't just a joke. That's what you, you claimed yeah, to have heard him say. Yeah, that's how he picked say. the winners. That's how he picked the winners. Well, is there anybody, by the way, that, that can corroborate I'm your not, story? Probably. There was a lot of people who saw this. There was a lot of people who spoke, you know, didn't speak out on this because they had NDAs. Well, obviously, the girls could corroborate This is Girls were pissed about this. He'd come into the TV truck during those same shoots and he'd be like get a close up on her tits no not that one the one with the big tits well alright now now, you know what <laughs> I, I, you're, that's fine right no, uh, well I don't know if it's fine but well, hold on hold on a second let's be honest here everything else you've described is just disgusting terrible but at the point where you're televising a beauty contest Understood. and you have girls in bathing suits to say but you should never order the no, cameraman. So look at I don't know. I don't know. Right. That may be a little bit. You're uh, right, but what uh, I'm saying is the other the, the corroborating yeah. evidence is these other women that were script supervisors and ads for years that were disgusted by this stuff. That talked about it on Facebook all the time up yeah. until the election, yeah. but nobody spoke out during it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was. That behavior was common knowledge. Common. Yeah. Everyone saw it. Everybody. It's just disgusting. That that would that would have been much more damaging to him, I think, than the pussy. Tape. Well, they, they did. Yeah. I think uh, I do remember an allegation during the election where they like he would walk into the their dressing oh, yeah. room. He bragged about it on Stern. No, he that, said that wasn't they the teen. That wasn't the teen. Right. I don't know if that was the teen. different. Or not. The teens yeah. is different. Were they teens. tweens? No, no, it was not Miss Tween. No, that would be like you know, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like John Benet. You know what I mean? They were like. Yeah, grown, so grown as, well, yeah, they were hot. You know, I don't, you, you, I don't Whoa. blame them <laughs> for teens. <laughs> like eighteen or hot. like fourteen? No, like eighteen, seventeen. You but know, like old enough to be there. And like R. Kelly team? No, it wasn't like that. It was a TV show. You know what I mean? It was a legit situation. Well, legit? I don't know about legit. It was a real TV well, show a real TV that show. he owned the franchise on that aired all the time. The only thing that's abnormal about his behavior was putting an hour into the production schedule so he could inspect these girls. His role as owner of the pageant had nothing to do with the girls. 
Just buy a strip he club. Why did he wasn't the guy who picked the winner. Like, technically, yeah. you know what it's I mean? His insane. name was plastered on it. He did it as a benefit. <laughs> like, to be like, yo, I, I own is... these... I own these bitches. Let me go check out what I paid but for. But did you know that, that one's you own- good? That one's good. Nah, that one's you know. No, I'm sorry. Steve, you said, did you know that when you own a strip club, you don't get to sleep with the strippers? What? That's a joke. <laughs> of course, you <laughs> but you still get free cocaine, right? <laughs> no, we just don't. Yeah. And Adderall. And yeah. Adderall. It's so funny to me that there are people listening to this and like hearing what you're saying and going, "Those are harsh, harsh words about a great man." <laughs> <laughs> people, people freaked out when it went viral, and I'd get thousands of comments, and the most common one was. Oh, n- thanks for telling us now. I wish we'd known this then. It was like, first of all, you didn't know who the fuck I was. And second of all, he told you he liked to grab women by the pussy because he's famous. Yeah. He was pretty much saying, I'm the biggest douchebag in the world when it comes to that stuff. So you signed an NDA? Yes, I did. And you, you violated it? Well, it's comedy. It's satire. You know what I mean? I didn't talk to the press. I didn't answer any of those press result, you know, requests. I'm not on CNN. I didn't talk to the New York Times. I did this on a comedy stage at another club in town. I'm talking about it here. This is a comedy show. Like we were discussing free speech. You know, it's it's satire. It's my job. It's my life. It's interesting to me. Yeah. I'm not even making judgments like, hey, you're an idiot if you voted for him. I get why people are conservative. I get why they're liberal. I'm saying this is my experience with this guy. But the, the NDA said you can't discuss anything that happened on the show. I mean, what exactly does the NDA say? Did you? I mean, I know I did last comedy saying I didn't read a damn thing in that contract. <laughs> but nobody does. But Mark, so Mark I don't Burnett, even, there probably Mark, was an NDA in there too. Uh, I don't Mark know. Mark Burnett had everybody on NDAs, and that's why you don't get the tapes and stuff. But is coming the, out. the NDA says anything that took place on the set. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's what an NDA I'm says. I'm sure the ACLU would defend you if you got in trouble. I had people, lots of people, offering to defend me. I don't think it's. He's got bigger fish to fry. None of this stuff and is Noel's impeachable. And Noel's not his biggest problem right, right he now. He's got yeah. bigger fucking any, things than me. Do you have any assets that can be taken? <laughs> No. All right. No. Well, don't get audited. All right. Yeah. Well, this was a good You can put show. them all in, in your sister's name if you have one. Or there's ways to, you know. <laughs> I, th- I think we, I we got through all your that. topics Well, here, no, Dan. we didn't, but we don't have time. I also had State of the Union written down, uh, oh. and the Cub Calf kids are suing a bunch of people, and I wanted to... Actually, I thought if we had... If, if you know any lawyers that might be able to tell us if those kids even have a case, I thought that might be interesting, but... In any case, uh, they don't, they don't have a case against most of them for sure. Most of the people, most people, just saying their opinion about things. But uh, some, the, the few journalists that, the few journalists that that I don't remember this exactly, but the few journalists who represented facts that turned out to be untrue, I believe they don't meet the actual malice standard because these are not public. This, these guys are not a public. These are not public figures. So they don't have the, the, it's not exactly the same standard as, as if they get it wrong about a public figure. And I don't remember what the well, standard is. But they have to get it wrong and they have to cause damages. Yes. But I think, I think damages will be relatively easy to show here. And they have to get it wrong and they have to be negligent. But I don't think they have to be reckless. I don't know. I don't think, no, to get punitive damages, I read, they have to have... That's deliberately lied. Yeah, that's said, punitive damage. Right. But, but that's not, we're not talking about right. punitive damage. They don't have damages. to have deliberately lied. It just has to be, I think, negligence is a sufficient standard, yeah. I, I believe. So I think they might have a case. They certainly have a, it certainly might be uncertain enough that people might start writing checks to settle it, which is usually nobody hopes to go to trial. They hope to just get, you know, get one of these big institutions to, to give. The, if these kids could walk away with a quarter million dollars, I think everybody would well, be high fiving the, the one kid in particular that's, um, I think, at the center of the storm. Yeah. Has the by far the most to gain in in, in this litigation, and um, is the Sandman. Sandman, Sandman. Mr. Sandman, <laughs> which is an odd name, but but there you With have two it. Two ends. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have to end. Please send your um, your complaints and your comments. <laughs> 
to comedy to podcast at comedycellar.com. Also, we want to know: should we keep Periel on the mic or not? Send uh, no, of course. Send your uh, emails: podcast at comedycellar.com. Do you want to plug yourself or your shows or anything? Yeah, I got a show tomorrow night at Broadway Comedy Club. At the 15th, I'll be at Gotham. And on the 25th, I'll be at Caroline's, all here in New York now, City. Now, when you're not talking about uh, Trump, what, 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 what kinds of stuff, very briefly? Cause no I talk about millennials. Discussing. I talk about ex-girlfriends. You know, I talk about myself. I talk about my mom robbing banks. When I was a kid, she robbed a bunch of banks. Did she really? Why'd you yeah. tell us about that? I bury the lead. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I was going to say meat and potatoes until you got to your mother being a bank robber. Well, I gotta, gotta have you on again. Come on. Well, we might want uh-huh, to. Pete. Maybe with your mother if she's a she available. Yeah, she's out of prison now. Right. I got two moms when she got out of prison. If you know what I mean. Oh my God, you got you guys got to all come on as a family. That'd be yeah. awesome. Go ahead. Be if like, you're be offended, like a Donahue show. <laughs> if you're offended by anything I said on the podcast today, you can follow me at Mark Norman uh, on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> um, if you liked what I said, uh, follow me at Peatley Tweets uh, or on Instagram at Peatley Peatley Peatley. I'm at the uh, West Hampton Performing Arts Center tomorrow night on uh, February 7th. It's out in the Hamptons in February, which sucks. Uh, next week, I'm at the Pittsburgh Improv, so get your tickets. Um, or go to peatley.net to look at any of my tour dates. That's where Louis played. Go ahead. Periel? <laughs> oh, is Periel get, get oh, Okay. You, you have a tweet? You tweet or anything? No, I'm on Instagram. Okay. Just Periel Ashenbrand. Okay. Uh, Ashenbrand, the usual spelling. You and guys got to figure it out. At Dan Natterman. Okay, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>